In Genesis 25, we find the story of two brothers. Jacob and Esau were twins. Esau was born first, and Jacob was born second. He was child number two. We got any number twos in the house today? And number twos, yeah, we got a number two twin over there. Any other number two second borns? Okay, a few of you. Okay, how about any number threes? We got any third borns? Okay. What about fourth? We got any fourth borns? How about fifth or more? We'll just lump y'all into one category because after five, we just, we just love all y'all. All right. How many of you are the baby in your family? Anybody? Okay, a few of you. All right. Uh, I myself am a, am a number one. I'm the first born in my family. And sociologists say that there are actually certain traits that you're likely to exhibit based on your birth order. It's really fascinating. The second born is often mechanically inclined. The third born, tend, they tend to be the pranksters of the family, always full of practical jokes. The fourth born tends to be the one that just wants everybody to get along. And the first child of the family is often the leader, talented, Highly successful, extremely intelligent, popular, well liked by everyone, unusually good looking, or in my case, just unusual looking. Any firstborns in the house? Okay, I'll Firstborns often face the brunt of their parents' discipline, and they tend to be more driven because their parents were harder on them than their siblings. Uh, I experienced this in my own family. I, I, was, I had a little bit of a stricter standard than my brother, and I always thought it was unfair, but now that I'm a parent, I realize that I just wore them out. I exhausted them so much, by the time my brother came along, they just didn't care, like, oh, yeah, she always said you for an hour. <laughs> but they say that your birth order can tell us a lot about you. And Jacob's birth order plays an important part in who he was and some of the struggles he faced. So let's look at Genesis chapter 25. Genesis 25, verse 19 says, This is the genealogy of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old. 40 years old, I say 40 years old. 40 years old, he took Rebecca as wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padanaram, the sister of Laban, the Syrian. Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. So Isaac married Rebekah when he was how old? Ah, the Bible scholars in the house, that's good, you paid attention. The Bible says Rebekah didn't have children, so Isaac prayed and God answered their prayer. It seems simple and short and sweet when we just read the Bible verse, right? But for them, it wasn't so simple because what you don't find out in verse 21 is that Isaac was 60 when Rebecca finally gave birth to their children. That means that Isaac prayed 20 years before the answer came. And some of us won't pray 20 minutes without giving up. Hello. Isaac prayed for 20 years for his wife to have children, 20 years of seeking God every day. Praying for the answer to come. I mean, you know, sometimes God won't answer right away. There will be times when God takes us through a crisis. Oh, I thank God for instant miracles. I've seen instant miracles. I've seen instant provision. I've seen instant healing in my own life and the lives of so many other people. But sometimes God takes us through a process to get what He needs to us. 
And when God takes you through a process, uh, guess what? It's not because He needs more time to come up with an answer. You'll hear me? The issue's not with God. When there's a delay in your healing, it's not because God is on WebMD trying to remember how He made you. When there's a delay in restoring a relationship, it's not because God has to watch reruns of Dr. Phil to figure out how to deal with relational issues. When there's a delay in financial provision, it's not because God's waiting in line at the pawn shop to try to pawn a piece of the streets of gold to take care of your needs. Our God is the all-sufficient God. He has everything you need. So when He takes you through a long season of waiting, the delay is not about Him. Somebody help me preach. Look at somebody say, it's about you. Sometimes God has to take you the long way to get you ready for what He wants to do. Twenty years, Isaac and Rebecca prayed, and the answer finally came. Genesis 25, 21. Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his plea, and Rebecca, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her. And she said, if all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. In other words, God, you answered my prayer, but I wasn't expecting this. Anybody ever said that? Rebecca was having an unusual pregnancy. The babies were wrestling inside of her. And this was more than, oh, I thought the baby came up. There was a WWE SmackDown going on inside of her belly. Okay? Those babies were fighting each other in the womb, so Rebecca prayed. And the Lord said to her, verse 23, Two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. We see this play out in history. Esau, the older, his descendants were the Edomites, and the sons of Jacob, his descendants were the Israelites, and the younger, the older served the younger. So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over. <laughs> I just think about the Grinch. You know what I mean? Like the red Grinch came out. And this is hairy all over and all red. So they called him Esau. Now, I know that every mama thinks their baby is beautiful, but Esau was what ugly baby. He came out red and hairy. Esau was one of those babies when you see the birth, you're like, oh, what a baby. Man, you about go to hell for lying calling that, that baby pretty. The baby was so hairy that Rebecca named him Harry. That's what Esau named him Peter. He came out a red, hairy baby. But there was something else unusual about his birth. Verse 26, afterward, his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she born. So as Jacob's being born, he reaches out and grabs his brother's heel. And everyone there knew that this was something significant because they named him Heel Grabber. That's what Jacob means in Hebrew. How would you like to have that name growing up? I bet Jacob got beat up on the playground a little bit, don't you? His name was literally Heel Grabber, but this is the implication. Jacob was a trickster and a deceiver. That's the true meaning of his name. When people heard the name Jacob, they immediately thought deceiver. And unfortunately, Jacob lived up to his name. He was a tricky guy. Verse 27, the boys grew and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, but Jacob was a mild man, a city boy. 
dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, and Rebekah loved Jacob. So Esau was the outdoorsman. Esau liked to hunt and fish. He had mud tires and a gun rack on his pickup. But not Jacob. Jacob was a pretty boy, a yuppie. He liked to get his. He didn't like to get his khakis dirty, so he stayed inside all day. Isaac loved Esau because he was a good hunter, but Jacob was a mama's boy. So Esau was a hairy hunter, and Jacob was a tricky pretty boy. Y'all with me so far? And we're about to find out how tricky he really, really, really was. Verse 29, Jacob cooked the stew, and Esau came into the field and was weary. Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore, his name was called Edom, which means red. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright. So Esau comes in the tent. He's tired. Jacob says, no soup for you. He knew that Esau really wanted some of his red stew, so he made an offer. I'll give you some stew if you give me your birthright. Verse 32, Esau said, look, I'm about to die. So what is this birthright to me? That sounds like something I would say. I get just a little bit hungry. I'm about to die. I got to eat something. Get emotional when it comes to food. And that's where Esau was. He said, I'm about to starve to death. I don't care about no birthright. Just give me something to eat. And it's funny, but at the same time, there's a serious message in this verse. Don't give up your birthright over a temporary desire. Young lady, young man, don't give up your birthright over a temporary desire. Husband, wife, business owner, don't lose it all over a wrong decision. That's what Esau did. Jacob says, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. So Jacob took advantage of his brother's hunger and he cheated him out of his birthright. Let's move over to Genesis 27 because it just gets worse from there. Genesis 27, it came to pass when Isaac was old and his eyes were so dim that he could not see. that he called Esau, his older brother, and said to him, his older son, and said to him, my son, he answered him, here I am. And he said, Behold, now I'm old, I do not know the day of my death. Therefore, please take your weapons, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me. And make me some savory food, such as I love, and bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Now, this is a big deal because Isaac is about to give Esau the Father's blessing. The Father's blessing in the Old Testament was the greatest honor for a son to have, to be blessed by his father. The father's blessing is a spiritual principle that God instituted long before the Ten Commandments or the Law of Moses. Long before any of that, God instituted the father's blessing. There is something so significant and so powerful about a father blessing his child, and before you before you close me off, some of you, maybe you didn't have a good father. Maybe you were abused or abandoned by your father. What's so significant to me about becoming a believer is the Bible says that when you receive Jesus, you become a child of God. You may not have been blessed by your earthly father, but that doesn't matter anymore because now you are blessed by your heavenly father. Ephesians 1 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Tell somebody, He's a good, good Father. 
You might have been born, born into a messed up family, but the Bible says you can be born again and adopted into the family of God. I love Romans 8, 15. It says, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy, God. And the spirit itself bears witness within our spirit that we are children of God. If you've been saved by the blood of Jesus and adopted into the family of God, and God is our creator, is your father, tell somebody, that's who I am. Amen. Back in Genesis 27, Isaac says to Esau, go and hunt and make me a meal and I'll bless you. And this is how sneaky Jacob was. While Esau was out hunting, Jacob dressed up like Esau. He put on his clothes, he put some wool on his arms to make himself hairy, and he went and tricked Isaac into blessing him. And you thought you had family drama. <laughs> Jacob had stolen Esau's birthright and the father's blessing. And then Esau walked in, <laughs> and what does he say? I will kill you. Genesis 27, 41, Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father are at hand, then I will kill my brother Jacob. Jacob's trickiness called up with him, and his brother said, I will kill you. Now a lot happened while Jacob was on the run, but trickster got tricked. Big time, and we'll talk about that later, but uh, we don't have time to get it today. But 20 years have gone by, and here's what happened. God appears to Jacob in a dream, and he says to him, it's time to go home and see your brother Esau. Say, what now, Jesus? <laughs> Come again, Lord. God tells him, it's time to go back and see Esau. Genesis 31. So Jacob packs up his family, and he starts heading home. And you got to remember, the last time Jacob saw him, Esau said, I will kill you. Needless to say, Jacob was nervous about going back. And because he was nervous about what Esau would do, he sends messengers to go ahead of him to Esau to bring him some presents, to bring him some gifts. And his servants returned and said to him, Your brother Esau is coming to meet you with 400 men. Okay, that's not a welcoming party, that's an army. <laughs> he gets even more nervous. In fact, he's so scared, he splits up his family into groups. So that if Esau comes to kill him, at least his family will survive. That's tough, y'all. That's an awful Thanksgiving. Genesis 32, 24. Almost done, but we're going to get into the heart of the story. Genesis 32, 24. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the break of day. You're reading the King James or the New King James. You'll notice that man is capitalized. That's an indication that this was no ordinary man. Jacob was not wrestling with a, a mere man. As you read the whole passage of the summer, he was wrestling with God. Jacob had what we would call a theophany. Theophany is a physical manifestation of God. It's God appearing, appearing in human form. And I want you to think about this. Jacob was troubled. He had been running from his brother. He knew he wanted to murder him. And God told him, you need to go reconcile, but he's, he's going back and he's afraid. He's divided up his family. He sent gifts. He knows that his brother is coming with an army of men. He goes away to find some solitude. And in an incomprehensible turn of events, he finds himself wrestling with God. What do you do when you're wrestling with God? 
I understand it because it was the devil wrestling with Jacob, but the Bible says it was God fighting with him. You see, when we face opposition, it's not always the enemy. When it's the enemy, we know how to respond. We say, the devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood over that situation and over our family and over our life. But what do you do when it's God wrestling with you? What do you do when God says, your will and my will don't agree? What do you do when God closes the door and when God says, I'm going to let that person walk out of your life. I'm going to let that opportunity slip past you. What do you do when it's God? Genesis 32, 26, and he said to him, let me go for the day breaks. Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Jacob had been fighting all night long. As we say, right, he was wrestling all night. Guess who started the fight? Let me give you a hint. It wasn't Jacob. Jacob was minding his own business when God jumped him. God picked a fight with Jacob, and when Jacob began to realize who he was fighting with, I believe he came to a realization, if this is God bringing opposition to my life, then there's got to be a purpose to the pain. And if I've got to wrestle, and if I've got to fight, and I've got to go through this, I'm not letting go until I get a blessing. Mm-hmm. If I've got to go through this, I'm going to get my blessing. If somebody would just make up their mind, if I've got to go through the fight and I've got to go through the struggle, then I will not quit until God blesses me through this. There may be times when we find ourselves wrestling with God, but you got to know resistance makes you stronger, child of God. Sometimes pressure is the pathway to promotion. And yes, the struggle is real, but don't quit now. Don't give up now. Why would you stop now? Don't you dare give up. God is about to do something in this. He was wrestling and fighting all night, but the more he fought, the more he began to think, wait a minute. This ain't no ordinary scenario. How many of y'all have ever been asleep and then a stranger just comes in and wrestles you all night? No, no, no. This was no ordinary circumstance. He understood that there was more going on. See, I'm not going to come out of this without a blessing. Some of you, the reason you don't have a testimony is because when you go through the test, all you do is moan. Oh, Lord, But the Bible says that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. What are you speaking in your situation? We all want to give up sometimes. I know I do. Sometimes I get tired of fighting. I just want to go get some vitamin K, some vitamin K2, some Krispy Kreme. We all get weary in this fight, but don't give what are you speaking into your situation? Are you speaking the morning? Are you speaking your testimony? Are you saying, I don't know I'm going to make it? Are you declaring, I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me and gave himself for me? Are you saying, I can't do this? Are you proclaiming, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength? Come on, child of God. They overcame him by the word of their testimony. 
So when you face the test, don't moaning, speak words of life and victory, declare what God says. Your mind says you're defeated. Your friends say you're defeated. Your loved ones say you're defeated. The news says you're defeated. But look at the Word of God and say, Ah, that's who I am. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. If God is for me, who can be against me? The whole world. All y'all can be against me. But God plus me is a majority. If God be for us, who can be against us? Come on, child of God. Don't you give up. God is not done with you. And if you're wrestling, if you're fighting, don't stop fighting until you get your blessing. Tell somebody, I'm going to get my blessing. See, last week we were walking into our blessing, but today we got to fight for it. Y'all see, we're building this thing up, okay? you got to fight sometimes. And if you're in a fight, in a battle, in a wrestle, do not give up. Verse 27, so he said to him, what is your name? The last time Jacob had been asked that question, he lied, didn't he? He was pretending to be somebody else. Isaac said, who are you? And Jacob said, I'm Esau. <laughs> and he tried to lower his voice, but Isaac said, what's wrong with your voice, man? Last time somebody asked him that question, he lied. But now they had wrestled all night. It's still dark outside. Jacob couldn't lie again, but what did he do? He tells the truth. He says, my name is Jacob. And this was the turnaround moment for Jacob. Jacob got real with God and he admitted the truth. I am Jacob. I am the deceiver. I am the trickster. And when he's honest with God, look at what happens. He said to him, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Jacob means deceiver, but Israel means God contends. In other words, Jacob, it's not about who you were. It's not about what you've done. It's not about who you used to be. From this point on, your identity is connected to me. I'll tell you who you are. That encounter with God changed Jacob. It changed his name. It changed his identity. It changed everything. And all it took was one encounter with God. All you have to do is be honest with Him. No more pretending. Jacob admitted to God who he truly was and then God transformed him into someone new. When God, when, when Jacob got real with God, God gave him a new beginning. Not only did he restore his relationship with his brother, but God gave him a legacy that is today the nation of Israel. God stands by His Word. God's promises are true. And you see, God gave Jacob a new beginning, God could give you a new beginning. He specializes in second chances. He is the God of restoration. He can and He will restore your life today if you're honest with Him this morning. When Jacob had an encounter with God, his relationship became personal. If you read Genesis up until this point, Jacob referred to the Lord as the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac. In other words, you're the God of my father and my grandfather. But you know, mama's religion won't get you into heaven, will it? After Jacob encountered, with, encountered God and wrestled with God, the Bible says that he built an altar and called it God, the God of Israel. 
to, to Jacob no longer was he just the God of Abraham and Isaac. He was now his God too. And through his struggle and his surrender, Jacob now had a personal relationship with God. God wants you to know him like that today. He wants you to know him not based on what other people say about him, not based on society or the world's perception of who or what God is. God wants you to know him personally. You might have come here today not expecting all of this, but God led you here for this appointed time. Just as he took Jacob by surprise in the night, God has set up this moment for you. Maybe you came here bound by sin and shame. You don't need, have to leave out of here the way you came in today. Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. He is the hope of humanity. And he is the hope of your life and mine. Don't go another day into the way of sin. Put your faith in Jesus and he will set you free. Will you bow your heads for just a moment as we pray? Lord, I thank you for every person here, every person listening right now. Lord, I thank you that you love them. You love them unconditionally. Lord, you demonstrated your love for them that while they were still sinners, God, while we were at our very worst, you sent Jesus to die for our sins, to pay the penalty, to pay the price, that we might be reconciled to God, that we might be set free from the burden of sin and the guilt of the past, that we might be given a purpose and a hope and a future in Jesus Christ. Lord, if there's anybody listening right now, God, who doesn't have that hope, who doesn't have that assurance, who doesn't have that future, God, and that freedom in Jesus, Lord, I pray, God, that in this moment they would make the decision in their heart, I'm not living the way that I've been living anymore. I'm not going to be that person, not another day, not another minute. I want to be changed by the blood of Jesus. If that's you this morning, I want you in your heart to make up your mind that you're going to commit your life to Jesus from this moment forward, and I'm going to lead you in a prayer. In fact, let's pray this prayer together. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. Make me brand new. And with your help, I'll live for you. I'll follow you. I'll serve you the rest of my life. Will you stand as we continue to pray this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, God, for your presence. And as we close out and the lights are dimming, how many of you will be honest with yourself and say, the struggle's been real? The struggle's been real lately. The struggle's been real for a couple of years. Well, this morning, I want to pray over you. Because even though the struggle is real, God's peace is real too in the midst of everything. So we're going to close in prayer. Lord, I just thank you, Father, for today. God, I just thank you for this word that you've given us. God, I thank you for every blessing that you've given us, Lord. Our help. God, for this church. For everything that you've given us. Our jobs, Father. And Lord, I just thank you for that. And Lord, this morning, I, I thank you, Father, that we surrender to you. God, we surrender our will to you, Father. Lord, everything that we're trying to do, Father, Lord, we surrender it and we place it at your feet. And God, let it become your will, Father, that we follow. God, let us be obedient to what you're calling us to do, Father. Lord, I thank you, Father, for being with us this morning. And Lord, I just thank you that if we're trying to take things into control, God, that this morning we relinquish that control to you, Father. 
that that struggle, that disobedience, that trying to control everything in our life, Father, God, we give it to you, Father. And Lord, we surrender to you, God, that this struggle that's been going on for years, Lord, I thank you, Father, for an ending coming to it, Father, because of surrendering. God, that if there's anybody that's weary, that this morning that they draw strength from you, Father. God, if there's anybody that needs encouragement, that needs peace, that needs to feel your love, that this morning, Father, that you surround them in your presence, Father. God, because in your presence there is fullness, Lord. And I thank you, Father, for just strength being drawn right now, Father, from you. If you need strength, if you need encouragement, just lift your hands up. God, I just thank you, Father, for peace in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for being the God of breakthrough, for being the God of restoration, for being the God of healing, for being the God of all power and whatever it is that we need. If we just ask, you will give us. And Lord, I thank you, Father, that this morning you be with your saints. God, that you be with them in their minds. I thank you, Father, for touching minds this morning. I rebuke the devourer of the enemy that's trying to place fear, that's trying to place wedges, that's trying to come against your people in the name of Jesus. God, fill our minds with peace, joy, love, and hope, Father. And Lord, I just thank you that you carry us through every storm that we face, that every struggle, you're standing right there with us, Father. And God, that we are more than overcomers, Father. And Lord, I thank you for that, Lord. And I praise you for that, Father. And Lord, I thank you for healing from the past. And may we reject every word that has been spoken over us that is not of you, Father. Lord, that every word that has been spoken over us that is negative, God, that brings doubt, that tries to steal our identity in Christ, I rebuke those thoughts in the name of Jesus. And let our identity be found in you, Father. And Lord, we thank you, Father, and we praise you and we give you glory. I thank you that our identity is found in you, that we are free. And Lord, we praise you, Father, and we just thank you. And we're going to sing this song one more time before we take up the offering. Let's just worship. 